Thanks for joining us tonight at 6 o'clock. We begin with golf course chaos. A wild weekend at the WM Phoenix Open in Scottsdale where there was plenty of rowdy behavior from drunken spectators to ticket holders who got shut out. And tonight, many people are questioning if things went too far this year. We reached out to Scottsdale Police. They have now told us the numbers. They say over the week, 54 people were arrested 211 people were ejected. Both of those numbers are more than double last year's. Welcome to the fellowship. My name is Adam Hawk. My co-host goes by the name Ryan Engel. And for the first time since we started doing this podcast some nine months ago, I am honestly intimidated to even do this episode. There's just too much. It's too overwhelming. Too many things to talk about. Intimidated by who? Too many things to rant on. Too many things to rip to shreds. Too many brads and chads to laugh at. Too many apologies to issue and too much to get caught up on. The good news is, because there's always good news when there's bad news, you know, there's a yin to everybody's yang, Adam. You heard it here first, folks. The tides... They be a changing. Okay, the tides turn, the times change. Whatever, dude. What I'm saying is things are moving, and they're moving in the right direction. And it's easy to look at all this stuff and be intimidated by it because it's a dumpster fire. But things burn down, they get rebuilt again. And right now, I'm looking at the glass half full. I see a lot of positives because things are changing. Yes, and I'm not intimidated to talk about it. I'm intimidated to even try to tackle this Mount Everest of podcast gum flapping because simply there is so much for us to wrap our arms around and talk about. I just don't want to leave anything out. Oh, well, we're going to leave shit out. That's what we do best. Shall we let the horse hockey begin? Let's get the jaw jacking going. Let's go. All right, out of the gate. Quick hitters, just some stuff that we can talk about at the top and be over with. First of all, as many of you know, I drive a white 2014 Toyota Corolla. It screams of a person who works from a cubicle, eats Subway for lunch, and never misses an episode of The Masked Singer. If there ever was a motor vehicle that personified not having a persona, it's the car that I drive. Now, granted, I took this car from my wife when we had kids, and she's been driving around brand new SUVs every time a lease runs up, but the fact remains the same. I am a 2014 white Toyota Corolla driver, and I mean white the color of the car, not the color of my skin. Beyond being a driver of a 2014 white Toyota Corolla, I am also the not-so-proud owner of three Walmart hubcaps. I say three because one of them went flying down the road after I hit a pothole many months ago, and I am very sad to report on this podcast that as of today, I'm down to two. So you had the passenger front missing for quite some time. Sure. Fill me in which one flew off. Passenger rear. Oh, so driver's side looks great. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, man. Can you find the same hubcaps to match it up, or you got to go find some new ones? They no longer make them, so I have to buy four all-new ones. Can I suggest some spinner caps? Sure. You can suggest them, and I might take you up on that. Now, look, folks. I could buy rims, but what's worse, buying rims for a Toyota Corolla or just cruising around like an idiot with two plastic hubcaps? Hubcaps are like the tape decks of wheels. I'm surprised they still make them. Yeah. <laughs> Update number two, I have big Valentine's Day plans tonight. Some might call it a tradition unlike any other. I am taking my wife to 
Shakey's. Shakey's Pizza Parlor for some heart-shaped pizza. Look, give the woman what she wants. She wants Shakey's. I'm happy to make her dreams come true. Also, what father of two is going out to a fancy dinner on a school night? Who's finding a babysitter or driving to the in-laws on a freaking Wednesday night? It's a made-up Hallmark holiday. We have things to do in the morning because guess what tomorrow morning is? Thursday. You know what would have been nice? What? December, January, plan in advance. Make a reservation somewhere and book a babysitter ahead of time. That could have been nice. Made your woman feel special. What are you doing tonight? Booked a nice dinner at my wife's new favorite restaurant. She's on this crazy pot sticker bender right now, and so I'm taking her to the land of the pot stickers. Booked it ahead of time. All gravy, baby. Yeah, must be nice to have live-in babysitters and no job and no boss. Yeah. What? what? Yeah. You can do whatever you want whenever you want. That's not true. Oh, <laughs> It's true. No. Who do you have to answer to in your life besides God and family? Is there a boss in your life? Kind of have to answer to your feelings a lot of the time. Oh, shut the hell (laughs) up. Well, I hope you enjoy your night tonight. Doesn't sound like you do. No, I I hope you enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. I have two apologies I need to issue. Let's hear it. The first one is to all the Post Malone fans who couldn't wait to tell me how wrong (laughs) I was when I said Post Malone wasn't a good musician on last week's episode. Now, you'll remember I referenced a performance from the Waste Management Open where he was clearly lip-syncing to his own auto-tuned vocals and running around shirtless with a microphone that wasn't on. Since then, about 50 people have sent me the same video of Post Malone covering Nirvana songs on a live stream he did a while back. And then 50 more people sent me a video of him performing God Bless America at this year's Super Bowl. Is he playing guitar in both videos? Yes. Is he singing in both videos? Yes. Now, I will contend that pointing to a dude covering someone else's music in both instances is a funny way to make your argument. Mm -hmm. And it's even funnier when you consider that Nirvana, a great band in their own right, wasn't exactly deviating from power chords much of their career. (laughs) But fine, he played those power chords, all three of them, very, very well. And his performance of God Bless America featured very clearly auto-tuned vocals and a phantom slide guitar track in the background that he wasn't playing. But still, he strummed and crooned, and credit for that. So, I would like to apologize to Post Malone fans who got all offended and proceeded to point to two examples of a guy covering pretty easy music and still kind of faking it in one instance. And my apology is this. I am very sorry that you couldn't find better evidence of Post Malone being a great musician to prove your point. These guys aren't good musicians anymore. They're good entertainers. It's entertainment. The NFL's entertainment. Music's entertainment. They shouldn't even call these things music festivals. They're entertainment festivals. (laughs) I would also say this. If you're going to try to make a point about how good someone is at music, maybe find an original song, not something that he's covering, and maybe something besides Nirvana and God Bless America. Yeah. Not the greatest case for him, but I do appreciate the droves of people who sent me those two videos. I'll say this. I definitely was more impressed with the God Bless America thing at the Super Bowl. Yeah. And like I said before, too, I think the guy's cool. I've heard the same interviews you have, and he seems like a cool dude. I got nothing against Post Malone, but come on, dude. You're talking about some big T-Pain vibes, twirling his shirt over his head and singing an auto-tune. It sounds like that silver guy in the Trolls movie. Nice reference. <laughs> All right, next, I need to apologize to Tommy Fleetwood, who I once told to quit golf on this very podcast. 
And it's because I was tired of seeing him in the lead after 54 holes and then blowing it and moping his way down 18, three shots off the lead and totally out of contention time and time again. But I met Tom on Monday at an event, and he was the nicest lad I've ever been around. So my apologies to Tom for telling you to quit. Golf actually needs more guys like you because what a chap, what a chum, what a mate. Good luck at Riv this week, Tom. Was he really nice or were you just charmed by the accent? Americans, they get real charmed by an accent and think someone's like super nice and proper when it's just like they have a higher level of common courtesy when there's a cheekiness behind the words coming out. I was both charmed by the accent and enamored with his kindness. No, well, good. Great guy. Sahith Thigala, who I also met at this event on Monday. Great guy. Seems like it. Yeah, really nice guy. Met his dad too, who has become the star of PGA Tour events. They always follow him around and that's actually one of those sports dads that you love seeing. Great, great guy. Love it. All right, what's next? Tiger Woods released his new apparel line, Sun Day Red. I'm sorry that I had to pause there, but apparently Sunday is two words now, and we had to emphasize it. That apparel line, again, is Sun Day Red. So don't get that mistaken with Cloudy Day Red, it's Sun Day Red. Maybe they should have named it Sunny Day Red. Ah, yeah. You got to love these brands that are still trying to do this take on words. They like misspell it on purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, take some syllables out. Sure. Minimum. <laughs> oh, take it easy. <laughs> take it easy. You know, yeah. or like change the letters. Ruka forever used a V instead of a U. Mm-hmm. And everybody's done it. There's all these brands. It started in the surf game first. That's when I first started seeing it. Just like everything, golf is 10 years behind. Yeah. And now they're doing it. Well, it's become increasingly popular to remove vowels from names. Now, Sunday Red didn't do that. They just added a space between the N and the D in Sunday. It doesn't make any sense, but neither does the first drop. It's ugly as hell. It looks rushed. And apparently the clothes won't be available for purchase until May 1st, which, in my opinion is a good thing because maybe just maybe they don't go through with this no they're going through with it but here's the thing let's play out this hypothetical i wouldn't go through with it the line the clothing line is being universally panned and if i'm tailor-made i go to big cat and i say look dude you're rich enough you don't need this let's just not and say we did how about this tiger how about you just wear the clothes how's that sound you don't really want us to order two million of these camouflage golf polos do you let's just stick this purchase order in the shredder and be done with it even if they hired all these people who know what they're doing why would you go to a company and granted i know he has a stake in it why would you go to a company that knows nothing about clothing and has never been a part of anything clothing and launch a clothing brand with them why would you do that Tiger is an all-time great. All-time. All-time great. He's on the Mount Rushmore of golf. And you're talking about some of the best sports-marketed characters over all of sports. The Golden Bear, Arnold Palmer, and his umbrella. I mean, Arnold Palmer doesn't have to put his name on shit. You just put that fucking umbrella on it, everybody knows. And plus, that logo is beyond iconic. It's the birth of sports marketing. And it's just a home run. Tiger Woods... He has the nickname already. It's done. Not calling his own brand Tiger is the biggest miss, biggest flop 
in sports marketing history. Calling this something else, Sunday Red, despite the bad spelling, despite the bad logo, doesn't matter. Missing that mark, not calling this just Tiger, how does that go through all of that planning with their team and get to this when his nickname is fucking Tiger? But listen, Adam, this is what I'm getting at, that the tides are turning. Take a look around. This whole initial grow the game, make golf look like everyone shops at Zoomies, it's starting to change a little bit. All these hip brands, they're doing collabs with FootJoy. They're making more classic shoes. All these fans who are on the bandwagon saying that the waste management was good for golf, they're kind of saying it's a little too much now. Things are changing. People are slowly coming back to center. I'm not saying everyone's going full classic, full traditional, but there's way more of a traditional classic influence now than this initial push when like Malbon was making long shorts with clouds all over them. The problem with all this fast fashion, sneaker culture, make golf look like Zoomies crap is that when every drop hits, it makes the very drop behind it irrelevant because fast fashion is just that, folks. There's no shelf life on this. They are selling spoiled milk to you, trying to create a demand that you need it right now and tomorrow that shit is Marshalls, dude. This has no longevity. All this stuff you're seeing right now from Sunday Tiger to whatever Nike's putting out and all these streetwear brands, these are all going to look like your awkward teenage year photos where you're embarrassed with what you're wearing. You're not going to be wearing this when you're older. You're not going to be looking back like, oh, that was sick. They're pulling the wool right over your eyes and they're just creating disposable fashion. You just don't see it yet. But I'm going to say it again. The tides are a changing a little bit. They're turning. They're changing. It doesn't matter, Adam. Just hear me out, dude. There is a touch and a taste of that classic traditional thing happening. At the end of the day, golf is a privilege. It takes time, money, commitment. You got to be a good dude. You're not going to play with your buddies if you're a nightmare to play with. You know, you got to follow the rules. You got to be punctual. You got to show up for your tea time. They're not going to let you out if you're fucking late. There's all these things that you have to do and you're like, oh, okay, this is a game of respect and tradition and rules and being a gentleman, waiting your turn, waiting for someone to putt out. It's not about me and grow it, let everyone in and lower the standards and the dress codes. It's not going to last. That push is smoke and mirrors, dude. All right, we're going to get to it. Everyone's talking about it, so why not us? Sorry that we're late. Ryan was in Nashville. I've been in L.A. We're finally back in San Clemente, California, together to talk about the Waste Management Phoenix Open. For those that don't know, the Waste Management Open is a golf tournament that, thankfully, only happens once a year. If it never happened again, that would be totally fine with me. Now, it's hard to pinpoint where everything went wrong for this event, but it's very fair to say that it has been an intentional shit show for a long time and has only gotten worse every single year. If you're wondering what makes this particular PGA Tour stop a shit show, I want you to close your eyes, even if you're driving, just for fun. Just close your eyes. Let Jesus take the wheel. Imagine you're at a four-way intersection. At one stop sign, you have golf in 2024. 
which has become a cartoon character of itself. There are no standards. There's no decorum. A whole hell of a lot of people have shown up and screamed from the rooftop. Frick your tradition. Frick your rules. Frick this game. It's ours now. And if you try to stop us, we'll call you gatekeepers. We'll call you stuffy. And when we're really desperate, we'll call you sexist and racist because... Well, we don't know why, but we have to end the argument, and that's the best way to end it, you gatekeeping, stuffy, sexist, racist. At the other stop sign, you have social media culture, and this culture loves to celebrate the worst in people. The drunker you are, the bigger of an ass you are, the louder you are, the dumber clicks, you clicks, are. Clicks, 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 clicks. The more of a hero you are, at least for 15 minutes when some of these low-brow meme accounts need the traction and engagement, and they post a video of you acting like a total jackwagon, and they write some caption about how much of a legend you are. At the third stop sign, you have a tournament, the Waste Management Open, which totally plays into their role as the breeding ground for debauchery. They do not do anything, at least not publicly, to curb the behavior, which has only gotten worse every year, and instead they hype it. This is the people's open. Come get drunk, pass out in the mud, see yourself on social media, come back next year and try to top yourself. And at the final stop sign, you have Arizona. Arizona. Enough said. Now imagine that these cars aren't stopped at the intersection, but rather they're all going 100 miles an hour. And what do you get? You get a cinematic four-way, hood-bending, glass-breaking, tires-flying, head-on collision of moronic proportions never seen before. And instead of calling the cops or the ambulances, the media, the fans, and golf Instagram just sit around filming it on their phones and calling it awesome. That is the Waste Management Open. And somehow, people act surprised when this happens. How did this happen? How did it get out of control? How are there people falling from the third level of the 16th hole? How are there drunk guys passed out in the mud? How is this dude pissing himself? How are there fights in the crowd? How did it get out of control? Someone tell us. We need to answer this question. I mean, sure, we've been egging it on and turning up the heat and stoking the fire for 10 years now, but I can't believe it. I'm not against having like a tournament in Arizona a little more lively and a little more fun, but I mean, does it really need to go that far to have fun if you need that to make a golf tournament fun you don't even really care about golf people are there for that experience to be seen to be a part of it to put in their stories like we out here it's so freaking dumb dude and it's a shame really because from a charitable standpoint thunderbirds are a pretty rad organization they raise a lot of money waste management markets that they're a zero waste tournament i doubt that but that's kind of a cool aspect too if it was completely honest which you know they're probably fibbing a little bit i mean we've all been to those places it's just plastic containers all over the place and what are they going to sort through all that trash from the eight hundred thousand people that were there i think there's a better way to do it and call me the fucking fun police but you gotta hold on to some type of standard some type of decorum. It's fucking golf, dude. I know everyone is so insecure in their manhood to like a game that has rules and tradition and to like a game that has private places that require you to tuck in your shirt. I know that's really hard for you guys to like a game that has all that stuff, so you have to make up for it by putting a bunch of zany thumbprints all over shit. Does that really make you feel better? 
is golf cooler now? Are you cooler now? For some reason, over the past 10 years, there's this clear and blatant push to change golf like it really needs to change. Why? What was wrong with it? And why do we have to change it to a lower level of decorum and just vibe? Full disclosure, I have never been to the event. Does that make my opinion of it invalid? Maybe, I guess, if I've never been. But I've also never been to Russia or North Korea, but I can safely say I don't want to go. I've seen enough, read enough, heard enough, and I feel pretty comfortable that my opinion on not wanting to go to those places is just as valid as someone who's been. And look, before people write in and say, I cannot believe you compared the waste management to Russia and North Korea, I'm sorry. I did not mean to denigrate Russia and North Korea like that. (laughs) I would much rather go to Russia and North Korea than the waste management open. I apologize. But I know enough and have seen enough to know that I don't want to go to this event. All these social media accounts that hype the debauchery, the drunkenness, the swan diving into bunkers, the streaking, the fighting in the gallery, the heckling of players, the falling from grandstands, the grown man passed out pissing himself through his cargo shorts, the guys dressed up in costumes, the fans throwing beer cups onto the green, all those accounts hyping those things has informed me enough that this event isn't great and it's not for me. Now, like you said, Do I hate fun? Do I hate drinking? Do I hate hanging out with my friends? Do I hate golf? Quite the opposite. I love all of those things. Beyond that, I actually really like TPC Scottsdale and enjoy watching the tournament on TV. And I watched a lot of it over the weekend. But do I want to go? Do I want to be smashed between 800,000 people trying to move around a golf course? Do I want to be a part of some weird hybrid love child of Burning Man Fire Festival in Woodstock? Do I want to participate in barstool culture just to prove that I love golf, drinking, and hanging out with my friends? No. Hard pass. I'm good on all that. Yeah. I'm fine. And to all the people saying that this event is great, that's awesome. You can have it. It's yours. That's where you want to plant your flag. Fine. Take it. I am happy to give the waste management and defending it and caping up for it all to you. And instead of 800,001 people, you can just keep it at 800,000 because I won't be there. I am not telling you not to love this event and not to go. I am telling you that you cannot say anything to me that will convince me otherwise that this is a great event that I should attend. And I have nothing further to add to that. So stop trying to convince me that I have to see it for myself. You and your people have shown me everything that I need to see from the social media meme accounts to our friends who post the exact same things on Instagram, hoping to get reposted. You know, when they go find a drunk guy passed out at the waste management open, they're not just walking by. They're pulling out their phone and filming and saying, waste management remains undefeated. Yeah, they're doing the exact same thing as everyone there. So you can't go and document this event the way that you do, show it to the world, and then say, it's not really like this, then what the fuck are you showing us? Yeah. And why? Yeah. If it's not really like that, perception is reality. If you want us to perceive the event a certain way, congratulations, you have succeeded. I perceive it a certain way. And to me, the waste management benefits immensely from mob mentality. You get enough idiots in one place liquored up feeling like they've been dared to act as stupid as possible and you are going to get exactly that. 
So I actually understand the behavior. I get it. Yeah, you invited the idiots to the party. And then you gave them booze. Yeah. And then you filmed them and you empowered them. Every year. Right. Now, just don't tell me that it's some sort of exercise in freedom or a show of passion or some love letter to golf. It's none of that. Yeah. It's a giant outdoor frat party with a golf tournament happening in the background. That's what it is. And I don't need to have been there to have that opinion. Because whether I'm right or wrong, everything you have shown me is validating my perception of it. And we have been saying this for a long time. And now everyone seems to be coming around to us because I saw a poll recently online where 90% of people answered the question, did the waste management go too far this year? 90% of people said yes. Nine out of 10 people feel like the waste management went too far this year. This all culminated on Saturday. And you can blame the weather all you want and say that everyone showed up on Saturday because Thursday and Friday were rainy and no one goes on Sunday because of the Super Bowl. So Saturday's logistical nightmare where they shut down alcohol and shut down the gates was an unfortunate byproduct of bad weather. I mean, fine, I guess, if that's the argument you want to make. But try this on for size. Every single ticket issued for the Genesis Invitational this week at Riviera is an any-day ticket, meaning if you have a ticket, you can choose what day you want to go, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. That was the exact same ticketing procedure at the Waste Management. If Thursday and Friday are crappy weather days here in L.A., I will bet my kids that if every single ticket holder went on Saturday and that place had four times its capacity— you are not going to see anything at all that resembles what you saw Saturday at the Waste Management. And you know why that is, Adam? Go ahead. It's the culture. They created a culture for that event. It was a culture vulture. You invited the clowns, and now you don't like the circus that you made? You promoted it for years. They even tried to stick up for the throw the beer cans on the hole. And look what we saw this year. That Asian kid. Doug Gim. Yeah. Makes a stock birdie. And you throw beer cans on the green for that, or beer cups now. I feel bad for the minority of folks that defend this thing. I'm not telling you you can't like it, but you got to own it. You have to own what it truly is. Yep. Like it all you want. I'm not criticizing you for liking it, but don't tell me it's not what it is. Right. And don't tell me that this event hasn't played into perpetrated, promoted, and wanted it to be exactly what it is. Oh, of course. Because what do they gain from it? Money. Lots of it. Lots of money. Lots of money, lots of coverage, lots of folklore. And it's hard when you're raking in the money, you're raking in the headlines, you're raking in the attention to say, you know, at some point we should maybe draw a line. We should maybe limit ticket sales. We should maybe watch how much alcohol people are drinking. We should maybe take the third deck off and just have it be a two-deck coliseum. We should maybe start to put some procedures and policies in place that prevent this from turning into an all-out carnival. The problem is the damage is done. This will take a dedicated effort for a long time to change the culture of it. It cannot be done overnight, cannot be done in one year. It's like when you're starting business, I got some of the best advice when 
I started making the shirts on my own. After developing the first few prototypes and getting the samples in and pretty much being on the start line and it's about to happen, the question was, okay, well, where do you want to be at retail cost-wise? And the best advice was given to me was like, don't go too cheap because it's a lot harder to go up from there. You got to know your worth. You got to put it out there. And unfortunately, these guys in charge of this event and exploiting what they've exploited and promoting what they've promoted and inviting what they've invited, they have set their price. And it's going to be really hard to change that price. And with that comes a cost. And they're going to pay that cost heavily. You know, I can kind of hear some people listening to this right now in their heads go, my God, Engel and Hawk, bunch of grumpy assholes. But here's the thing. If you want to come to the two guys that run Nation Golf, who likely have a scotch in their hand most hours of the day, and put on a tournament once a year that absolutely champions partying and the fellowship, you're barking up the wrong tree. We're not sitting here saying this should be a dry event where everyone's drinking water and where you only clap if the quiet please sign is down. That's not at all what we're saying. We are saying that you have taken this to the nth degree of stupidity. This is not about our personal opinions on what's right and wrong. This is about standards, mob mentality, acting a certain way, partying with class instead of partying like an ass. Yeah. You can put a sport coat on, enjoy some beverages, enjoy the fellowship, and socially be a part of a positive get-together, creating memories, just like golf, taking turns, sharing that experience amongst each other. Or you can be the guy who can't handle his liquor and passes out in a bathroom with his face on the floor. And that's what this waste management is. The sideshow, shit show bullshit culture that this tournament created doesn't help golf in any way it's not needed and we don't like it and also look come out to the nation desert classic one year you will pull into the event at 11 in the morning and the first thing we're going to do to you is put a drink in your hand yeah and it's going to be a free drink and it's going to be one of nine thousand beers that we bought for 120 people you are going to get lubed up and have a good time and cut loose and really enjoy golf, the fellowship, drinking, smoking, all of that. But if one of our guys was to get naked and run across the golf course, swan dive into the bunker, show his butthole to everyone, start pissing himself, and then other of our guys started filming it and sending it out to meme accounts, those guys are out for life. Yeah. In a second. Yeah. But we don't need to tell them that because guess what? We party with adults. Yeah. And party like adults. And there is such a difference. And I was talking to a good friend of ours, Anthony Bacardi. Mm. And I said, you really want to fix this thing? And I was just going through some hypothetical extremes. I put an age limit on the Waste Management Open. Anyone 16 and under is allowed in. Anyone 25 and older is allowed in. If you are between the ages of 17 to 25, you're out. You're not coming in. And I am telling you right now, folks, you would cure every problem in the entire world if we did not have to deal with boys between the ages of 17 to 25. Not just the Waste Management Open. Literally, the world would be cured of everything if guys between the ages of 17 and 25 just weren't here. But here's the real problem. It's guys that are older than 25 
who still want to be 17 to 25 and either act like it or glorify it. Yeah. And at some point, folks, you got to grow up. You got to face the music. You're an adult now, and it's just perfectly fine and acceptable to act like one. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's a good thing, actually. It's a good thing when another man sees you as a man instead of another man seeing you as a boy. Quite frankly, it's the best thing. Just a bunch of adolescents aching each other on, making noise, and talking during the movie in the theater. That's it. Let's talk about the players. Zach Johnson, Jordan Spieth, Billy Horschel, all three of them had incidents with the fans. Zach Johnson apparently was being heckled about his Ryder Cup team captain picks. And here's what I have to say to the fans heckling Zach Johnson about his Ryder Cup team captain picks. If you want to accost a professional golfer like Zach Johnson and a two-time major winner, here's what you do. You get good grades in high school, you go to journalism school, you get a job, you get credentialed, and you get into a media room and you do it there. That is the only time where a golfer should have to answer for something that he did. He's playing golf in between the ropes. He's doing his job. If you want to get on him about something like that, go do the necessary steps to get into the room where those kinds of questions are permitted. That's what you do. But you're not going to do that because you're an idiot with a cell phone and instead you're just going to start barking at a guy in between the ropes playing golf. And then you're going to call him soft for coming over there and telling you to shut up. Guarantee that the Yahoo doing that, his buddy was the one filming him behind it. Absolutely. And they're doing it for the fucking video. Just like all these idiots. No one's going to this tournament to see the golf. They're there for the scene. If you really love desert golf, you go to the Bob Hope Classic. It's two hours closer. The golf course at Laquina Country Club is miles better as far as conditions go. The guys on tour even say it's the most pure golf course they play. And you can walk next to a player his whole 18 holes and watch him play. And everyone's going to be behaving. You can have just as many drinks. You can go to restaurants that night that aren't filled with a bunch of frat boys. And you can catch an Uber like that. Sounds like a better experience to me. Me too. But that's just me because I'm about the golf and not about the scene on the side. Billy Horschel yelled at some fan who was talking in his playing partner's backswing. I love Billy Horschel for this move. Billy Horschel has a criminal terminal case of the red ass. Oh, yeah. This guy wakes up mad. I mean, we saw him yell at a guy next to us at the U.S. At Open. The US Open. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, a guy was just talking on his cell phone loudly while Billy Horschel's playing in the U.S. Open. Yeah. And Billy's just screaming at this dude. Yeah. And... There is nothing I love more than a gentleman with a case of the red ass. Yeah. It's fantastic. You love to see it. You love to hear it. Yeah. This guy who gets yelled at by Billy Horschel starts laughing afterwards because that is the reaction of a scared boy mm -hmm. is to nervously laugh after getting dressed down by someone older than you yeah. because you fucked up. And then Jordan Spieth had his interaction with someone in the crowd who was also making noise during his backswing. These three guys, Billy Horschel, Jordan Spieth, Zach Johnson went so far up in my book because if you want to call them soft for getting into it with the fans, here's what I'll tell you. Soft is being non-confrontational, taking it and walking away and enabling that behavior. It is not soft to stop what you're doing knowing a hundred cameras are on you, going over and having a face-to-face -face word with someone. How many of these guys are scratching that off their calendar next year? Thank you. And I'm wondering the same thing. How many players are going to say, we don't need this. There's not a lot of money here. The crowd is 
completely heinous. We're subjected to shit that we have never had to deal with in our life. Getting in and out of this golf course is difficult. We don't want to be here anymore. This event lost its luster. We're gone. We're out. That golf tournament is going to start looking like a live wet dream when you have no name players playing in front of frat boys. That's exactly what Liv is and wants to be. So if you want to see Liv come to life, keep berating these PGA Tour players at the Waste Management Open. The fact that they try to get away with calling this the People's Open is so laughable. Yeah, It's just the whole thing is cringe. Yeah, although I do want to say that that final round was 10 times more entertaining than the Super Bowl. Garbage truck Chuck Charlie Hoffman nearly pulled it off. He played such a wonderful round of golf, made one mistake, and that was enough for Nick Taylor, the heartbreak kid, to come and run him down. The same way that Nick Taylor ran down Tommy Fleetwood at the Canadian Open, he did it to Chuck Hoffman at the Waste Management. guy was a birdie machine. Birdie machine. He made birdies on seven of his last eight holes, including the two playoff holes, Mm -hmm. and he flat out stole that tournament from Charlie. Charlie didn't lose it because Charlie was making birdies. He just had it stolen from him by a guy that was not going to be denied. It was incredible. Yeah, It was great golf. And I would venture to bet that if you were to poll the 800,000 people who walked through the gates of the Waste Management Open who won this golf tournament, 75% have no idea. No idea. I can tell you this, close to 100 probably didn't even know who Nick Taylor was and definitely didn't know that he won the Canadian Open. Right. So again, just don't tell me that you're there for the golf. And by the way, you physically cannot make the argument that you're there for the golf if you're walking shoulder to shoulder, penguin stepping with 800,000 other people, and you quite literally can't see the golf. Saying you're going to the waste management for the golf is like being a C-grade influencer bikini model going to Coachella for the music. Right. Or saying, I read Playboy for the articles. <laughs> we would be so much happier to accept this event if everyone just told the truth about it. Yeah. Just own it. The only argument I like from the camp of those who like that tournament is the, well, it's just the one tournament a year that it's crazy like this, and that's what I like about it. That's fair. At least you're honest. But don't tell me it's not the shit show that it is. Right. And don't tell me that it didn't blatantly cross the line. Again. I mean, it's been it's been a habitual line stepper for a long time, but now everyone has come around to it. Yeah. We should get some like funny golf commentator guys and they could put GoPros on their head and run with the fans when they open the gates to see. Oh, wait, they did that this year. Uh, yes. Smiley Kaufman. Yes. You know what's great for Smiley is now that he has a broadcasting job, we can see him on the golf course on the weekend. (laughs) Ouch. We've lost the plot, folks, but as Ryan mentioned, it seems to be swinging back towards the center. Look at how many people are dogging how that went down. Yep. Look at how many fanboys of the current trends of the industry and golf fashion. Look how many are criticizing Tiger's brand. Look how many people are wearing foot joys again. Look how many guys are doing collabs making traditional footwear. Look how many rappers are starting classic-looking golf brands. Now we have some great tournaments to look forward to. Yes, we do. We're coming into the real the real stuff. Yep. Coming around the corner. And you know what? As much as I don't really like the cramped 
major schedule, at least we got some golf worth watching back to back to back to back to back. Yep. Well, appreciate you having this conversation with me and appreciate everyone listening. Sorry it took us so long to get to it. Scheduling issues. After a Saturday at Riviera Country Club, we will be back here on Monday and we'll talk to you then. Love it. 